Good morning. So the title of my talk is What's on Your Mind? But the only thing I can think of on my mind right now is Samuel L. Jackson saying that, like, what's in your wallet? What's on your mind? And, well, that's how my brain works. <laughs> so um, I want to uh, say uh, thank you to everybody uh, for allowing me to speak again. And um, last week I did an experiment where I moved over to not the podium. And I felt really nervous and um, really distracted. So I came back to the podium. Just wanted to lament. So the... This week is on the law of mind action, and um, that is actually a, a, a really good example of how your thoughts can create your reality. So I could have said I will do better the next time and keep going, or I could come back and just stand in front of the podium, and that's what I chose to do. Um, so my reality is that I'm nervous when I'm out there. So I'm going to work on that. But I have something else I want to talk about first, and that is the Barbie movie. How many of you have seen the Barbie movie? Good, good handful of you. So, during the movie, I'm not going to give you the whole plot or anything, and, and we're not going to talk about the whole thing, but what struck me in that movie was that um, after we meet stereotypical Barbie, the, the main Barbie character, we see how perfect and wonderful the Barbie world is. But then something happens. Barbie has a thought. And that thought is incongruent with the Barbie world that she lives in. And it is so different from that life that it stops everyone in their tracks. So she has to collect herself and go back to Barbie thought. She changes her thoughts to return to the world that she is used to. But those thoughts keep coming throughout the, the movie. And then suddenly Barbie is on a quest to find her person, the person who is having these thoughts and the person that has kind of seeped into her reality and caused her to contemplate these other thoughts. So Barbie goes out into the real world from her Barbie world. And why am I telling you all this? To me, that is a perfect example of the law of mind action. So our mind is the most powerful thing in the universe after God. Our mind is the most powerful thing in the universe after God. So what I want to talk about is what is the law of mind action and, and why do we use it? Why is it important to understand it? And then how does it work in our lives? So I've already given you kind of two examples 
But what is the law of mind action? In unity, we say thoughts held in mind produce after their kind. And this law is a central belief which forms the basis of unity's attitude about health, about prosperity, and about success. The law of mind action can be described in three steps, our mind, idea, and expression or manifestation. And that coincides with the Unity Five Principles. So in mind, we're talking about divine mind, and that is the God of absolute good, the God that is everywhere present, the God that is in, through, and as us, and how we express as that Christ in that divine nature. Uh, there is, uh, we are the very essence of God, and therefore we are also inherently good. The idea comes from the thoughts that we have. And Unity's third principle says that human beings create their experiences by the activity of their thinking. So everything in the manifest realm has its beginning in thought. And that's what the idea is about. Prayer is a more creative, uh, more intentional thought process that heightens our connection with God and therefore brings forth wisdom, healing, prosperity, and everything good in our lives. So we have that idea that is out there. And of course we know that even in unity, we can't just know the truth of our being, that we have to understand it and also use it that we must live the truth that we know. So mind action is a more specific application of the law of cause and effect. And in the case of mind action, it's cause is the state of our consciousness and the effect is our life experience. So let me say that again. The cause is the state of our consciousness and the effect is our life experience. So again, our mind is more powerful, is the most powerful thing in the universe after God. So everything that we think, every idea that we have, has a manifestation in some way. Now, I don't want to say that, it, that we create all of our reality like, you know, I have diabetes, so somehow I created diabetes. But what I mean by the law of mind action is that when I, when I believe that that, has, that that illness has some kind of hold on me or control over me, I've lost the power of myself to change my circumstance and to be uh, more healthy in my attitude. And that's just my, um, my version of, of that. So it all comes back to the law of epigenetics. And um, I wanted to talk about it uh, this today. Um, I read a book. I know, I read a book, right? Um, it's called Switch on Your Brain 
and it's by Dr. Carolyn Lee. And she does a really good job in this book of uniting the spiritual practice and the scientific results of the law of mind action. They go hand in hand. So she starts out with uh, a scripture. And this is uh, Romans 12, verse 2. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. So the scientific concept behind that scripture is that through our thoughts we can create our own lives. We can be our own microsurgeons and we can make choices that will change the circuits in our brain. Because that's what epigenetics is about. It's not just about the thoughts that we have in our mind, but it's how we interact. So science used to think that everything in our brain was pretty static. But we now know that we have neuroplasticity. And for those that don't know what neuroplasticity is, it is the ability for your brain to create new pathways. So think about that. You can create a new pathway just by how you're thinking and how you're reacting to those thoughts as well. And I think that that is really important for us, not just in unity, but around the world. I can't necessarily stop bad things from happening, but I can look at them in a different way so that it doesn't impact myself physically, mentally, and emotionally. That allows me to continue to move forward. And I know I've talked about this before, but... um, Another book. Uh, Atomic Habits. I don't know why I can never remember that book. Um, So it's called Atomic Habits by James Clear. And he talks about how if you just change your um, actions and your ideas by 1%, you know, so if you need to meditate, you meditate just 1% more than you normally do. Or if you pray, just pray 1% more than you normally do. Or if you want to go for a walk and become more healthy, you do that for you know five extra minutes every day. So something that increases by one percent. But when when that happens, it doesn't just change the amount of time. It changes you exponentially within your mind. It allows you to create those new pathways that will allow you to become a better you. So a couple months ago, I um, was working, I hope this is okay, Shannon, because I didn't think it was till just now. Um, I was working with Shannon Sable um, to improve myself um, physically, mentally, and emotionally. She is a, a health and, and life coach. And I got really uh, bombarded by lots of life situations, a lot of things happening. And 
right before I found out that I was no longer going to be working at PNC, I had already decided that I couldn't do this anymore, that it was too hard and I just needed to stop because I needed to focus on school and I needed to make sure that I was going in the right direction. And I felt like if I'm changing myself physically and I'm changing myself mentally and I'm changing myself emotionally, and oh my gosh, that was kind of overwhelming. But she's wonderful and she's awesome and and, um, willing to go back and continue that process when I conform my mind to that belief that I can. So my mind isn't in the right place. And we say that sometimes in our daily lives. Our mind's not in the right place, so we're not thinking things clearly or we're not thinking things through. But what, what we can do is we can notice and we can evaluate those thoughts. And every time we notice that our thoughts are incongruent with how we want to live our lives, we can make a change and change that thought. And in so doing, it influences all the chemicals in our brain. So Paul Hasselbeck says in his book that while we might not have control over all the events in our lives, we do have control over the experiences of those events. So the experience has to do with the ideas, the thoughts, the beliefs, and the attitudes that we hold about the event, and not really about the event itself. So he goes on to say, whatever we think about with emotion will affect our mental state. And it's, that is, to me, the real essence of the law of mind action. Thoughts held in mind produce after their kind. We're creating our reality in our head with how we think the world is. And as we all know, if sometimes if you just shift just a little bit, your perspective can change and it can open up your world immensely. So let's get back to Barbie. When I was looking at that movie, when I was experiencing what she was experiencing and going through everything, you know, she had a myriad of emotions. She had high lights. She had low low times. Um, She was really feeling the experiences around her. And when she went to the real world, the quote-unquote real world, the world that we live in, you know, she found out that things were not as perfect as she thought that they should be. And she had a lot of experiences that made her sad, uh, that made her angry, that made her um, think about things just a little bit differently. Now, the corporation, the Mattel Corporation, wanted to get Barbie back in her box and get her back to being Barbie and being who she is supposed to be, stereotypical Barbie. But when we look at all the different Barbies in Barbie world, they're all different. Each one was a unique expression of Barbie. 
stereotypical Barbie just kind of represented that first Barbie that was ever made. Maybe our Eve. I come up with some weird stuff. I think it's funny that we're talking about the law of mind action because my mind just does not work the way other people's minds work, I think. So, um, One of the things that I looked at in, uh, in, that, in that book um, by uh, Carolyn Reese, Dr. Carolyn Reese, is um, how biology is not, uh, that we are not victims of our biology or our circumstances. But there is scientific evidence that the attitudes, beliefs, and behaviors that we, ha- that we have can be expressed outward and can manifest to other people. So if you've ever gone into a room that felt really tense because there were two people in there having a conversation that wasn't necessarily pleasant, you can palpably feel that energy, right? The same thing goes for someone who is experiencing extreme joy or zeal. When they are having a really good day and you're not, sometimes it feels like, well, can they just tone it down a little bit? But at the same time, you can't help but smile when somebody smiles at you. Think about that. When you smile at someone, you almost never get somebody that doesn't smile. You will every once in a while, but most of the time people will smile back. And if you give someone a compliment and, and uh, share the zeal that you have within yourself, it's going to transform to that other person. There's another scripture that she talks about in the book, and it says that uh, it's from 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. The linked scientific concept is that science shows us that we are wired for love. I'm going to repeat that. We are wired for love. And we have a natural optimism bias. So those naysayers out there, they just need to rewire their brains. I think that that's fascinating, and I I want to make sure that we all know that we aren't going to create a world that doesn't have war, or doesn't have illness, or doesn't have death, because that is the reality of our world. But within our conscious mind, within our higher consciousness, within that God mind, that Christ spirit within us, we have the ability to make a choice. And that's what it's all about. It's about the choices that you make. You can either choose to see all the hardship and not and feel devastated and overwhelmed and not yourself, or you can choose to change your perspective, change that idea in your mind, and create a totally different view. 
So like I said with, with uh, Shannon, uh, while I was talking about um, you know, losing, losing my, um, my job, it's, it seems like it would be pretty devastating. And, and it is, because I'm like, I worked there for 20 years, and uh, that's, that's the highest I get? No. Um, but I did make it to 20 years. And I actually was already thinking about possibly retiring because I'm going to ministerial school and because I want to be a minister. And I was like, well, how can I be a minister and be a technology consultant at the same time? How can I do both of those things? And they weren't congruent with each other. So it feels to me like the universe conspired against me and told me which way I was going to go. And that's okay. I am slowly making choices that will help me to realign with my new reality, with, with that new opportunity, with those new things that are going to happen in my life. And I feel really lucky to be able to be in this position. And I know that there were hundreds of other uh, fellow colleagues that lost their jobs that aren't going to have the same opportunity that I do. And Yet, for some, they can move on to other things and other, other avenues. When, when I think about neuroplasticity and how I can change my brain, it reminds me of doing uh, affirmations and denials. And I think he talks about this in, in the book, too, uh, Paul Hesebeck's book. Um, that we don't deny that the thing is occurring, but we deny that it has any power or any control over how we experience our lives. That we can still have hardships, but we can still be, I don't want to say happy, but we can have contentment in our lives. It reminds me of a story of a young man that I met. I thought he was waiting for his food. Um, I went to a restaurant to pick up some food, and and um, he was in line in front of me. And we started the conversation, and we're talking back and forth. And I think that he's waiting for his order, and I'm waiting for my order. And then all of a sudden, he gets up and he walks over to the the, the hostess host stand. And he picks up a broom and a dustpan, and he walks out the door. And I'm like, I don't understand what just happened. Like, is, is he on break, and he's now lo- no longer on break, and he was just having this conversation with me? So it was kind of interesting. But when I got my food and I went outside, he was outside sweeping up the parking lot. And so I asked him, you know, what's going on? And um, he said, well, they give me a meal, and I help them clean their property. And I thought, and he was really, really upbeat, really happy, really um, happy-go-lucky, but he did have some hardship. But the way he perceived it, and the way he showed up in the world 
made a complete um, difference in my life. I mean, I was like, if he can show up like that, then I should be able to show up like that, right? So I'm very, very much uh, humbled by that experience. And I try to remain optimistic as much as possible. And as I said, we're wired for optimism, so that's always a positive, right? So let's get back to Barbie again. Well, can we stop right there? So she completes her create uh, her quest at the end, and what happens is that Barbie world becomes a completely different world, a world of still um, perfection and beauty, but also of uh, a change within herself and within within without and. Uh, Ken and Barbie and all the other Barbies and all the other Kens, because there were lots. And then there was Alan, which I don't understand that one at all. But um, they are, the, the way the movie expressed itself just reminded me of that mind idea expression. That, that we have the ability to express ourselves by the choices that we make and the thoughts that we have in our, in our minds. So I'll leave that with you. Thank you.